हेलो एंड वेलकम टू द लेटेस्ट एपिसोड ऑफ बियॉन्ड द स्कोर पॉडकास्ट बाय खेल नाउ टीवी आई एम योर होस्ट आशीष नेगी टुडे वी हैव विद अस अ वेरी स्पेशल गेस्ट फॉर्मर आईएसएल विनर आई विल से एंड फॉर्मर चैनल एफसी कोच जॉन कैरेगरी ही जॉइंड अस फ्रॉम गोवा एंड हाय कोच हाउ आर यू डूइंग वेरी वेल थैंक यू अनदर ब्यूटीफुल सनी डे अगेन हियर इन गोवा आई सर्टेनली वुडंट हैव दिस काइंड ऑफ वेदर बैक इन द यूके yeah yeah uh john of course we all all know about what uh, john coach john did with the chennai fc but of course he has uh, a very big career has worked in premier league also won the uh, premier league manager uh, manager of the month twice also has won uefa uh, intertoto cup in uh, 20, uh, 2001 with aston villa so uh, coach let's start with indian football and then of course we'll go uh, we'll go towards the english football later on uh, how uh, how your time this time around compared to previous uh, previous stint in india uh, are you enjoying pressure free <laughs> less footballing pressure this time well um you know you miss it you miss the everyday involvement of um of coaching and um certainly punditry is uh I'd say it's, it's obviously a lot easier. Um I I I kind of make uh two decisions a day, you know, what color shirt to wear, um <laughs> and what what jacket to put on. They're about the only decisions that I need to make now. Um obviously as a head coach, uh you make 500 decisions a day. Honestly, it's just non-stop and and uh you guys you you guys would never understand it unless you actually do it you know you're asked by everybody you're surrounded by 30 or 40 people within your football club uh players and staff and everybody wants to know what time is dinner what time is the meeting what time are we training how many are training what colors to wear do i need my boots to i mean and and the coach just has to answer every single question so there's huge amounts of pressure on them and um I I don't miss that side of it but I, I certainly miss the all-round involvement and actually being on the training field coaching I, I really miss that yeah and you have seen this season from you know from the outside so how do you feel the ISL uh, 2022 2021 22 season compared to the season when you were the coach with the Chennai FC in terms of quality yeah, because there also there's also change in the number of foreigners in the playing 11 so of course there are some complaints of uh the quality of football going down but then of course the rise of indian player you know because of the lesser foreigner in playing elements how you're seeing overall this season in indian super league well let, let's just start first with with the with the with the hero indian super league man it's it's really uh it's it's grown as it's grown over the eight seasons uh the quality of the indian players has improved um and, and particularly in the young when you look at you know people like i mean just take tapper for example at, at cfc when when the isl started he was 16 years old you know and he he's he's 24 years old now so you know without the the hero indian super league uh, i i'm not too sure whether or not the quality of the young indian players would have uh, improved as much as it has um we are now seeing obviously now there's only four foreigners in each team so every team has to field uh, seven indian players and they're getting that experience uh game after game after game and season after season and this is why you know uh, the national team now as as being filled with young hungry uh indian players which is obviously a 
benefits um, people like head coach Igor Stimak. But um, no, it, it's it's exciting. I think this season has been one of the most exciting seasons. Um, it's not easy, obviously, playing in a bubble when you're literally playing every three or four days. You've got a game coming up. Um, and obviously, you're very restricted in not being able to go out in, into um, the local communities. You're not allowed to mix with fans. Fans are not being coming at the games. So um, having had all those negative issues, issues um, I still think that this season has been incredibly exciting with so many teams. And if I could just say, you know, it's so refreshing to now see in the semi-finals, Kerala Blasters, who have not been there for six seasons. Um, you're seeing Hyderabad, who have never been there before. JFC have never been there before. And obviously, ATK Mumbagan are, are, are very experienced at this stage of the competition. But it's so refreshing because you normally see you're seeing FC Goa, you're seeing Mumbai, you're seeing Chennai in, you're seeing Bangalore. Bengaluru. All, all in semi-final places. And this season is different. You know, it's so, it's so refreshing. And I think the fans of the clubs that have qualified um, must be really, really excited uh, for their teams. To see their teams in semi-final places must be brilliant for them. So um, everything's going great. So, uh, coach, I have two questions uh, based on what you've said. You know, I will start with the uh, the top four places, of course, because as you finished with that, do you think that we have these number of changes in top four because uh, the inc increase in the number of Indian players? Because then, you know, uh, a team with the lesser budget can also compete because they can get quality four foreigners instead of five or six. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, with the young Indian players, there's not many much difference between the teams in terms of the Indian players. You know, everybody have kind of similar Indian players. Do you think that's the main reason? Or you think club like Kerala Blaster, Jamshedpur or Hyderabad has done uh, well in last couple of seasons to build this team across? So what do you think the main reason behind with the, in the changes of these uh, top four of the Indian Super League for this, this season? I think I think initially is obviously the Indian players they've improved the quality of the of the young Indian players the the, the boys in their mid twenties in particular um, I think the quality of of those guys has improved because of the hero Indian Super League because of how it how it was formed and obviously with the foreign coaches and the foreign players but if you look at the recruitment if you look at the recruitment of the top four teams of the foreign players that they've brought across. They all seem team players, you know. I, I look at Kerala, and, and if I'm an Indian player now playing for Kerala, I would kind of think that they really mix well with the foreigners. There's a really good mix. I, I think I ha obviously had a, a very talented team in, um, in Chennai in, in season four, and my foreign players, people like Calderon, Sereno, Augusto, all treated the Indian players as equals. There was no sort of, you know, we're, foreign, we're from Europe or South America and we're much better than you. They treated the young boys as, as equals. And I think if you look at the top four that have qualified for the semi-final, they seem to have that real togetherness as a group of players. You know, it's not, it's not like foreigners and Indians. Um, they just mix well together. They all help each other. People like Sahal this season for Kerala, uh, as I, I think working with working with with, with the the boys that are at Kerala, the foreign boys that are at Kerala, he seems to have improved this season. He seems to become a better player. He he's more of a ninety-minute player than he was before. We used to see him for two minutes, and then you wouldn't see him for half an hour. 
you know, and then suddenly, suddenly you notice the hole when he comes back in the game. And I think he's been more of a 90-minute player this season. Liston has, has actually come forward this season and he's had to stand up on his own this season. But I think he's, again, he's had a great season. But right the way through the league, I think um, there's been a major, uh, major improvement with, with the youngsters, which is obviously beneficial uh, to the national team in particular. So I think that's the reason the we have seen the different top four compared to the you know previous season. As you mentioned, the traditional top fours like Goa's and Bengaluru's and Chennai. I think Indian players, of course, in, increase of Indian player means that you know kind of every club is kind of more of equal because you can get good quality for foreigners you know to compete with the uh, the teams like ATK Mohan Bagan or Mumbai City FC with the higher budget. Uh, coach, one more question from the previous uh, thing you said about Anurag Thapa. Uh, Anu Thawa comes from my hometown, Dehradun, you know, and uh, I know him since he was 13 year old. Uh, so, we are, we, are a, we are a good, good friend also. Uh, I always felt, you know, under you also, Thapa played very well. He has won ISL with Chennai FC. He is one of the main midfielder in, uh, for the Indian football team now. One of the experience, I will say, even he's um, in mid-20s, uh, still in mid-20s. Uh, I felt that, you know, uh, for an Indian footballer like Thapas or Brendan, there is an upper ceiling in ISL. You know, uh, in Indian Super League, I, I always, always believe that in, if Indian football needs to improve, these are best Indian players need to go outside to Europe. Do you also believe that, you know, Thapa has signed uh, a, a, a small extension with Chennai FC, now two-year to two-year extension with Chennai FC. Of course, we all know all about what Chennai FC is going through in the last two seasons. Uh, do you feel that, you know, players like, say, Thapas, Brendan, Sahel, Liston, who are best Indian players now, they should look... Uh, towards Europe or other Asian league uh, to improve their game further? Or do you feel that playing in Indian Super League, they can still improve even if they are the best Indian player uh, in Indian Super League? Well, we, you know, I mean, Chante went to Norway, didn't he? And, um, uh, for a trial. We yeah. All, yeah, but we kind of all expected him. I mean, all the noises that we were getting back from, uh, from Norway was that, you know, there's a good chance that he was going to sign for them. And, you know, Norway is one of the lesser... Um, um, lesser standard of football um, and, and obviously um, when Chanty went there I was kind of expecting that he would actually sign and, and stay there um, and, and then obviously further his career uh, playing in Norway and obviously playing in European football but I mean it didn't happen for him um, and you know they, it wouldn't, it, he wouldn't have cost much money to them and contract-wise, I wouldn't imagine it would have been a problem. But, you know, that kind of tells you that the standard is that much higher when you're going to a European club. And all the boys that you've mentioned um, need to really up their game uh, if ever there's going to be exported Indian players that are going to go to Europe and, uh, and be successful. Um, I mean, I just talk about Tapper. The last two seasons, in my, in my opinion... He stood still. Where, where, where other uh, young Indian players have, have improved and got better and, and have established themselves playing, you know, for the likes of Hyderabad and JFC, um, I think Tapper has stood, has stood still and you can't afford to do that. You can't afford to stand still. You, each season goes by, you have to make an improvement. I mean, I'll, I'll use Wayne Rooney because obviously you know him, we know him. When he first came into the team at 17, he just got better year after year after year. Uh, every season, he set himself you know, a certain target and he reached that target. He stepped up to the plate every year and got better and better and better. Um, and, and that's what the likes of Tapper and Liston 
and Sahau need to do. They need to get better as each season goes by. And don't settle just for being mediocre. Don't be set, don't just settle for just playing in your club team uh, season after season. I was surprised actually that the that, that Tupper actually was prepared to sit down and, and sign a two-year deal. I thought he might have just sat and and another he gone to Mumbai, he might not have played 20 games a season, you know. Had he gone to one of those clubs, he, I'm sure he wouldn't want to sit on the bench having been such an established player for CFC. So, um, in the end, I suppose he did the wise thing, got himself a, a nice big fat contract. But, uh, but, but, but he needs to, he really does need to uh, improve year after year and he really needs to step up to the plate again next season as do all these young boys you know you can't just be a one season wonder uh, and just have a one good season because you're easily forgot in football and there's always somebody ready to come and take your place you know so uh, uh, for the youngsters that have had a good year this year you need to do it again next year I mean we talk about Ronaldo I mean look at him he's still scoring hat tricks in the Premier League in England uh, never settles for for he never settles for for a certain type of success. He's hungry and he wants more and more as as he gets older. And and he is a is a prime example, I think, to a lot of the young Indian players. You can't just have one good game a season. You know, you got to play week week in week out. You got to be eight out of ten every week. Eight out of ten. Set your set your standards really high, and um, and you will end up having a long and successful and financially good career. I have always said, uh, whenever I, I have spoken to Thapa that, you know, try, try out, uh, challenge yourself, you know, uh, you have done well in ISL, there is, there is no question mark over that, but maybe it's time for you, you know, take a new challenge in your life, you know, uh, go for a bigger yes. challenge, which, which might improve you, you know, which make, might make you a better player. And we have seen that uh, whenever an Indian player even have gone for a training stint or a uh, small contract outside, uh, they have come back as a better player. They might not have played uh, many games in Europe, but when they came back, they have came as a better player. We have seen with Sunil Chetri uh, in uh, when he went to Sporting Lisbon B team, uh, didn't play much, but came as a far better player than he was before. Uh, something very similar with Gurpreet and something very similar with uh, Baiching Bhutia early uh, early 2000 when he went to uh, English lower division uh, leagues with 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 Bari FC. So I think that that's my question is all about. I think Indian players still need to challenge yourself as you said they can't just be really happy with their contract you know and just be happy with the minimum effort i think they need to challenge themselves they need to keep up improving because then only the indian national team will go and uh, improve and you know maybe challenge for the world cup qualifier places in the upcoming yes. decade uh, so uh, coach we have talked about the teams who have reached playoffs so any which foreigner has impressed you most this season in Indian Super League, you know, uh, which you are surprised with or which you are uh, happy with to see him in playing in Indian Super League? Oh, that's, that's a tough question, man. Tough question because um, obviously when you look at the, the semi-final uh, teams or the four teams that have got through the semi-final, uh, each one of them has outstanding uh, individuals and um, obviously Stuart stands out. Uh, he, he's had an amazing season for JFC, and and he's he is the major reason why they uh, they won the shield. And uh, also, you know, um, going ahead to the second leg of the semi final, there's a lot of pressure on him to produce and uh, and and get JFC 
uh, into the trophy final. Um, but he's, the, I mean, uh, the, 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 the three boys that um, at Kerala have been outstanding. Vasquez has been incredible. Luna has been amazing. Um, and obviously, um, right the way through the team, Diaz, um, they've just been exciting. Those three have been really exciting. And, and again, they come across as being really down-to-earth guys. And, and they seem to have a, a really good um, understanding with their teammates. Um, they're all pals, you know, they're all equals. There's no big stars at, um, at uh, Kerala. Uh, Hyderabad, of course, Okbechi's um, been brilliant. Uh, Chuku's been brilliant at uh, JFC since he came into the team. Obviously, I had a, I had a bet um, behind the scenes with Pride, with Pride and Ready, saying that um, I said Valskis would score more goals than uh, than Chima, so I lost that bet. Um, fortunately, I didn't say that I'd have you know I'd have my hair uh, cut short, but um, that was um, I mean he was a big surprise to me and uh, Daniel Chima how well he did when he came into the team. Um, so there's there's been there's been lots of forest. My old my old pal uh, Eli Sabia has played brilliantly alongside Peter Hartley at the heart of the defence. So. It would be wrong of me, if you don't mind me, to pin it down to one person. I think um, so many, so many of the foreign boys have, have, have been outstanding, and, and the foreign players that haven't been good this season have generally been in teams that are in the bottom half of the, of the league. Uh, you know, the teams that, are in, that never qualified for the um, for the semi-finals, maybe they didn't choose the right players in in the recruitment era, and. Um, you know, obviously, I, I had a season when my recruitment was was poor, and consequently, the results were poor. Um, so it's such an important issue, I think, to choose the right—not only choosing the, the right footballers, but choosing the right human beings as well. Because you know, we have to live—we have to live with each other for five or six months. And uh, if you've got a couple of bad apples in there, you know, it can spoil the whole momentum of the season. Uh, on Vasquez. Were you surprised when you heard that uh, Jamshedpur FC are letting him go to Chennai FC? Yeah, I was shocked. Um, so I, I think, I don't know what went on. I mean, I've not actually spoken to him about the issue. Um, but uh, he, obviously, him and Owen uh, probably weren't getting on. And um, he wasn't obviously producing... Uh, the goals and, and the performances that, that, of course, he had at uh, Chennai. So, um, but, you know, you've been in football, you've been around football for a long time. Nothing will ever surprise you in football, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now in my mid-60s and um, I've been around the game a long time and nothing will ever surprise you in football. So, um, uh, when, when that happened, um, I was... I was um, a little bit shocked, to, to be honest, that he would allow him to go back to Chennai. But of course, when he went back to Chennai, and it was a similar situation there. It didn't really get any better for him personally when he went back to Chennai. It took a long time to get on the score sheet. And I, I, I was told things. that, you know, uh, Jamshedpur and Owen, uh, by some sources close to the development again, you know, uh, that they wanted uh, uh, Vasquez to be, you know, kind of a moved on in the summer only. Uh, but eventually, they're not able to move on, especially the, I'm sure the kind of the salary he's on, it's not easy to move on the player. But ultimately, I think uh, maybe Chennai FC took a bait in the, in the, in the winter transfer window, getting their uh, former hero uh, to the club and thought that he might change their season. And I think it worked for the Jamshedpur FC instead of working for Chennai uh -huh. FC. 
Yeah, oh, it worked perfectly for JFC. And uh, obviously when uh, when Daniel Chima came into the team, um, having had a, you know, a relatively quiet uh, first part of the season, um, he suddenly came into the team and, and took off literally in his first game. And, and uh, he suited Owen. It's just what Owen wanted. Owen wanted a, uh, a striker that was going to, you know, put you under pressure, work extremely hard all across the front line and someone that you will not enjoy playing against. And certainly I wouldn't have wanted to play up against uh, Daniel Chima because he's a, he's a real handful, you know, his physique and his strength and his power. And he, he continues to work. He, can t- he chases back. He wins ball in the centre midfield um, and, and just gives everything each and every game. So in that respect, in that respect, Owen, it was a stroke of genius, really, by him. Uh, Coach, uh, as on Daniel Chima, he has become uh, one of the many players in ISL now who has signed by a club, not done well with that particular club, left that club during mid-season or, or after a period of time, went to the another Indian Super League club and done well. Uh, there is example of uh, Daniel Chima, Dashil Brown, uh, Onu with uh, Odisha FC. Their, their list is long. So, how important is the team setup? Uh, for a big player like these, uh, who are big foreign signing, to perform well with a particular club, you know, because we have seen a club like Bangalore FC not getting best out of their strikers, same strikers going to the other Indian Super League club, scoring goals for fun. Daniel Chima, Chima is a recent example, you know, he, he was with East Bengal, not done well. Now with Jamshedpur FC, he looks a totally different player. So, how important is the setup of a club or a coach to get best out of these big names? Yeah, sometimes you'll find that. Um... You'll put together a combination. You'll put together um, uh, a group of a group of men, and and some, you know it will it will work. They all get on with each other for some reason. You know um, the way that you put them together, and and it's. I mean, you, you work in an office, okay, and you've probably got an office where there's six of you that all work in the office, and and maybe there's only three of you that kind of get on together. It's it's exactly the same kind of thing. Uh, and you, um, us, we have to spend so much time together that it's so important that you try and put the right uh, ingredients together, you know, to make a team. Um, and and a lot of that is obviously down to the head coach. Um, you'll find players, uh, as we just spoke about, you'll talk about players, someone like Chima, who probably wasn't enjoying his football that much, suddenly goes to Jamshedpur, where he's, uh, he's suddenly become the focal point of the team. You know, he, he suddenly become the star of the team. And uh, obviously when he's scoring goals, everyone's talking about Daniel Chima. And um, it's, it's just the coach, Owen Coyle, saw something in him, thought that he would be uh, the perfect cog into his machine, into sit into that front position that he wanted. Um, and it worked like a dream for them. And it has worked like a dream. And, and he was one of the, Chima was one of the main reasons why they won the Shield without any question. Um, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you put together a group of people and, and they all seem to gel. They all seem to get on. But um, the coaches that win and win season after season after season is because they have a certain ability to be able to put certain types of players together, to blend them together. You know, you, you might have, I mean, if I just go back to season four, we had Rafael Augusto, as, as a creative number 10, you know, centre midfield. He, is a, he was like our playman. He was allowed to do whatever he wanted. But we also then had Big Kranjit and we also had Dampal Ganesh. 
who are my two holding midfield players. But as a threesome, they were brilliant. They were brilliant because, because Augusto could go and do whatever he wanted. Very similar to what Stuart does for J- JFC. Stuart's allowed to just go and do whatever he wants. And he's got Pronny Halder, who sat as a central midfield player. Or if Alex Lima's in there as well, they just sit just in front of the back four and, and allow Stuart to go and do whatever he wants. So um, Owen Cole just put them together and they, they work. You know, he's putting the right kind of characters together. Um, we were fortunate to do that in season four. We had the right blend in the centre of that midfield. Um, but if you, took, if you took Rafael Augusto out of the team and put him in the same team as Greg Stewart, they wouldn't get on. It, would, it wouldn't work. Because they both want to, they both want to be the number ten. You know, they both want to sit and play behind as, as a playmaker. And sometimes two playmakers, it doesn't work. So that comes down to the coach in making sure when he puts up his team that everybody complements each other. And uh, that's why the f- four teams have qualified for the semi-final because all, all the components that they've put together in those teams, they all work off each other. And they have this fantastic teamwork that they do. This is why they've been so successful this season. I think that's why, again, all comes down to the recruitment, you know, how, what kind of recruitment you does, uh, does in the off-season, you know. And ultimately, I think that's give you the fruits at the end of the season. Now, Coach, let's, let's come on the Chennai FC. Uh, when, you, when you signed for Chennai FC, how did the club convince you to come to the India? And uh, what was the reason behind, uh, uh, you know, uh, signing for Chennai FC and coming into the Indian Super League uh, back in 2017? I was uh, with, I went, uh, I went on a, a meeting, a football meeting back in, back in England. And I sat with Peter Taylor, who'd been the head coach of Kerala Blasters, English guy. He was head coach, I think, back in 2014. And I sat with him and, and I, was, I, I started to hear about Indian, Indian football that... Um, there was a lot going on out here with the, with the Hero Indian Super League. And I sat with Peter Taylor and he told me about some stories about Kerala, how amazing it was and the football out there is brilliant and it's great and this, that and the other. And I kind of, you know, got excited just listening to him. Um, and he just said it was run very professionally. They're really working hard. This is the start of it all. It's just been born and it's growing and growing. It's going to get bigger and bigger. Um and so, of course, I was very aware of it. And then I got a phone call one day from uh, Amoy Goshal. Um, and he talked to me and asked me if I might be interested in coming. So I went through the interviewing process and uh, eventually came over, met the owners, spent some time here. And um, then, obviously, I was offered the job, took the job. And um, I flew out for my, uh, my first day's work, basically. I came out to India and um, I was met at the airport by a couple of thousand Chennai fans who probably never, ever heard of me ever before. <laughs> but um, I, I sort of turned up and I, I got a hero's welcome and I hadn't even done anything, you know. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, so that in itself was, was incredible. And um, I'd never sort of been in that kind of situation ever before. So that was, that was special. And obviously we... We started the season and um, everything sort of fell into place that year. Um, and it was, you know, everything about it was exciting. The, the In England, you don't really fly to matches, you know, because everywhere is only a couple of hours away. Um, yeah. But obviously in India, we, we were flying left, right and centre. Every week we were getting on a plane and flying off somewhere, playing a match. Um, 
and you just sense that there was kind of something happening out here you know it was it was exciting and and wanting to be part of it and obviously when i look back at the players that have been to india the superstars i mean absolute world superstars not indian superstars but world superstars that had all come out and and played in india i mean it was um it was quite uh it was quite special uh, to learn about everyone that had been, you know, I mean, obviously I knew Ma- uh, Matarazzi had, had been to uh, Chennai and I had big boots to follow, you know, in Chennai. Uh, you know, to follow Marco was uh, was a really tough act to follow because he'd been so successful um, and done so much for the club in those first three years. So, um, so yeah, that was it. And, and obviously we, we were very lucky in our first season. We managed to win the trophy and... Um, everything kind of fell into place and uh, it, it was, it wasn't easy. And, and obviously it wasn't easy sort of being away from, from home as well. You know, that's always a, a difficult thing to do, but, um, uh, but no, I always look back on it with exceptionally fond memories. So uh, that will re- remain with me for the rest of my life without any question. Coach, uh, how was the experience of preparing for interview or giving the interview of our Indian Super League club compared to the English clubs or other European clubs you have worked with? So, was it different or uh, your preparation was very on a similar line with what you have done in the past? No, it was, it was pretty much on, on similar lines uh, in, in the preparation. Um, <clears throat> sometimes the, the facilities were, were not always brilliant. You know, that was the hard thing. Sometimes some of the pitches that we had to sort of train on, had to prepare on, um, weren't, weren't as, as good as what I'd been used to. Um, but I kind of thought, you know, it's, it's basically the same for everybody. We're all on a level playing field in many respects, um, with the lack really of, of the quality training facilities. Um, but but that was fine. And travelling to matches w- was great. I mean, the fact that we, we used to go two days in advance, whereas in, in Europe, you tend to go one day in advance. So we always went two days in advance and, and made sure we had plenty of time in, in, in preparation. Um Strange things, you know, you're not allowed to train on your own pitch in your own stadium. You know, we were not allowed to do that. And little rules like this was, um, used to antagonise me somewhat, you know. Why can't we, why can't we train? This is our, our own stadium. We, we weren't allowed to use our own stadium, um, which is obviously something that we, we can do anytime back in the UK. You can always use your own stadium to prepare for the weekend. Um, and all that kind of thing. So there was uh, there was lots of rules to get used to. I always felt that we we never got the decisions going our way. I always felt that we had we always seemed to be battling against the authorities. Um, you know, we get to the final. We get to the final. It should have been played in Calcutta, and suddenly we find out it's been changed. It's not being played in Calcutta. It's being played in in Bangalore. And it just so happens that, that Bengaluru are in the final. So we've got to go to their stadium to play in front of 25,000 partisan fans. Um, so not only did we have to try and win the we also had to go to Bangalore to play the final. So um, I always felt that um, the that, that kind of things were, were going against us and uh, we had to overcome a lot of things. I once got a red card in Jamshedpur, believe it or not, and I got suspended for four games uh, for basically doing nothing. But I got suspended for four games. And, uh, you know, um, 
so there was there was always lots of things that 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 didn't go for us and uh, as i said we still managed to uh, get through we even we even gave Bengaluru a gold start in the final you know as well as playing in this thing we gave him a gold start as well and we still managed to win the trophy so um, maybe we were destined to win it that year that was that was my question you know even with these difficulties how did your team and you able to lift that trophy you know and how was the experience of uh, you know straight away coming to india and winning the trophy in your first season and also uh, what do you think who were the key players i think who uh, made your life easy with chennai fc mm. in that first season caldron uh, Cal- played like a, played like a captain he played like a teenager uh with his energy uh off the field is a perfect gentleman um just like a, a fantastic guy just great i mean i was very lucky to have him uh in my very first season here and obviously sereno was the same these two in particular were just uh they were huge um huge in our dressing room when when any of these two spoke everybody sat and listened even me you know when these two spoke i just sat and listened to them because um they were great pros they they really led the team uh, obviously jj was was um our indian striker um most teams had foreign strikers but i had an indian striker and and jj obviously was part of that successful team uh, in that particular season uh, he was a gold medal winner um he was great and just i mean everybody Francis Fernandez on on the right wing was a sort of an unsung hero uh reminds me a little bit of uh, Pujari of uh, Hyderabad um he he Frankie was great for us down that side Greg Nelson obviously another foreigner on the left did brilliant um and then Dampal Ganesh and Bikram Jit in the center of midfield Augusto Jerry of course coming in and Tapa um we had, we had some uh, great players but generally the the senior pros Uh, Sereno and and Calderon that they, they they were I mean obviously I I've not forgotten uh Karanjit in goal as well. Uh he saved the penalty in Kochi one night. It was nil nil in Kochi, 40,000 people and um we we had a penalty given against us again. I think I think the foul happened about 5 yards outside the penalty box but they got a penalty. <laughs> um and Karanjit saved the penalty that so you know the, the those those two players in particular Calderon and Sereno were 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 brilliant for us and and they just led the team from from the first day um always turned up on time for training always had a word for the young indian players always had time to talk to people always had time for a selfie with the fans um and i was very fortunate to to have had them in in that first season uh that season coach uh, samil akoro scored mm-hmm. 18 goals for goa miku scored 15 yeah. goals for bangalore chetri scored 14 goals for bangalore you know there were kalu uche and uh, manuel under that goa who scored 13 goals each uh, you mm-hmm. your team didn't have that you know a big big foreign center forward to do the bulk of scoring no. your top scorer uh, was jj who was the second no. highest indian indian score he scored nine goals how did you manage yes. that and you know i was just looking to the final match score line because i i think my memory also f- faded away uh you had some that your defender melson elvis scoring those two goals you know and uh, so did you prepare specially uh, on for the set pieces for the f- match uh, like that on the final and my another question on the same is miku scored in the stoppage time for bengaluru how did was the next couple of minutes for you guys on the bench and the players on the pitch because you are just leading by one goal 
Well, set pieces, yeah, we worked a lot on set pieces. I mean, I, I when I first came in, I heard that uh, uh, Marco Matarazzi uh, didn't spend a lot of time on, on set pieces, and uh, it was maybe one of the one of the topics that the players brought back to the likes of Amoy Koshal, my uh, technical director, um, that they didn't work enough on set pieces, both defensively and offensively. So, you know, I did spend a lot of time on it. And I knew, obviously, that um, we would have to win matches, score goals when we got set pieces. And, of course, we had to spend more time on, on, on delivery. Who was going to take them? Gregory Nelson used to take corners for us. Um, and sometimes when uh, Galavan used to play for us in centre midfield, uh, he would take him on the right side. So we had uh, Reni Mihalic as well, the Slovenian. Uh, he was he was brilliant on on free kicks and set pieces. And uh, again, he he produced a couple of uh, assists um, to, to help us to win matches. So we did spend time on those. Yeah, Melson was brilliant in the final. Scored two brilliant headers. Um, we went in 2-1 at half-time. Instead of being 1-0 down, he managed to score two in two minutes. Um, but, you know, little things like you said about the final. Um, we went 3-1 up, I think, after about 67, 68 minutes. We went 3-1 up. And I, I said to Calderon, do not cross the halfway line. He was my right back. And I said, do not cross the halfway line. We don't need another goal. Just protect what we've got. We've got three, we're three one up. Let's just protect what we've got. And he's playing in front of me, right? I'm in the dugout. He's playing right in front of me. I said, do not cross the halfway line. 30 seconds later, he's he's near their corner flag. <laughs> you know, 30 seconds later. Because that, that was him. He didn't know how to just sit and play in his own half. He just wanted to get up and down the pitch. So, um, yeah. And, and Toy, Toy Singh, Got the yeah. ball. Miku had just scored. It's now 3-2. There's like a, a minute left on the clock. And Toy Singh gets the ball right in front of me. And I just told him to run to the corner flag. And he ran, he ran to the corner flag and then ran it, actually ran it out of play for a throw-in. So I wanted him to run to the corner flag and just put his foot on it and just leave it in the corner, you know. Um, but he ran it out of play. Of course, they get a throw-in. The guy throws it in and they then get another attack. And just as they reached the halfway line, the referee blew the whistle. So that was it, man. And, and I can just tell you one thing. When that final whistle goes, nothing can change. You know, you, you've won. You're the champions. And, and for that first sort of 10 seconds, it, obviously it doesn't really sink in. But it's over. It's finished. You're the champions. You've won. Um, nothing will ever change now. It's gone. You're in the history books. It's finished. And and the kind of relief that you get, and obviously the, the pride that you get as well, um, in, in those first 10 or 15 seconds is truly amazing. And um, it's almost like you can't believe it. It's, it's like a dream come true. And um, obviously for, for the people that were there that night and obviously for the people that were still back in Chennai in, uh, it was uh, it was an amazing, amazing weekend, and uh, it came at the end of a, a very long, sometimes frustrating season, but um, one that, as I said, you can hear you can hear it in my voice now. You know, something that um, I'll always be very proud of, and something that will stay with me forever. Yeah, yeah, and of course, uh, coach, 
and I, I, we all enjoyed that uh, Chennai FC, you know, and Chennai FC fans mm. always, uh, you know, mm. cherish that moment also. Uh, but coach, let's let's also speak on the next season. You know, uh, the second second season after that, yeah. uh, everybody everybody is hoping that Chennai FC will put out title fight title challenge again. Uh, what happened uh, that season? Uh, you know, of course, you guys won it. Then the, some some of the players left. Some new young Indian players came. Very young Indian players came. Uh, so what actually? When did you felt that you know it's going wrong? Because I remember reading that season. You know. In between of season, before you actually left, I think couple of times you already told uh, the team management you want to leave the club, but I think you eventually continue and then you left, you know, uh, later on. So what actually happened that season? Because not many fans are aware of it. Well, I mean, one of the major reasons, and I don't really want to go into it too much, is um, we changed the accommodation. We uh, we went into uh, apartments. In, in Chennai and uh, it just didn't work. Uh, it wasn't working at all. And we had a training field there. And uh, I mean, simple things, you know, the, the quality of the food uh, was very poor and um, the actual living accommodation was very poor. And um, I lost uh, Sereno. Sereno went back home because he had a young family that he wanted to be with and spend time with which was very understandable. Uh, he, he was a big miss when he went. And, um, you know, I think some, some of my players got, got bigger contracts on the back of being champions. And suddenly, I think um, quite a few players suddenly weren't working as hard as they did the previous year. I mean, obviously, it was for them, it was new. A lot of the guys that, that had come out it was all new to them and, and obviously they really put it in and I just wasn't getting the kind of response during the uh, second season that I'd had in the first season. Um, and, and a lot of it was down to the accommodation that we went into. We, we'd stayed in the Hyatt Regency in Chennai where we we got treated exceptionally well. Um, and it was hard. And uh, as you remember, because we won the previous season, we qualified for the AFC Cup. AFC Cup, you also, yeah. Yeah, and, and the following uh, January, um, I think maybe January or February, we started to play in the AFC, which yeah. uh, we we had to play up in Ahmedabad. Because, yeah. um, because we, we could, was not, yeah. We couldn't play in Chennai, so we were travelling up to Ahmedabad. We were playing... Uh, AFC Cup matches on a Wednesday and then we we're getting on the plane flying back to Chennai to play a league game and then and then the following Wednesday we had to play the, the away leg uh, in the AFC Cup and we had games coming at us left, right and centre and um, as you know we changed uh, quite a few of the team in the, in the second season uh, and basically we, we made a lot of mistakes between this um, between the, the management and, and myself and uh it was a really tough season for us um, in the uh, Hero Indian Super League, as well as playing in, in the AFC Cup as well. Um, so that was um, that was the main reason that year. I wouldn't want to go into it any, any more than that, but um, there was a lot of little indications that obviously things were not as good as they were the previous season and, and we were struggling on the field. Yeah, so coach, the second season, uh, you, uh, Chennai finished mm -hmm. last. You came back on the third season. Uh, and of course, we, there was we, we, sorry, we, we, we also played in the Super Cup that year. 
yeah. at the end yeah. of the second. So we were playing in the Super Cup, the uh, AFC, AFC Cup, Cup, and also the and Euro Indian Super League. Uh, and we didn't really have the squad to, to deal with it, to be honest. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, you were saying, you started yeah, the I questions. was saying, then of course, the second season uh, that didn't went well, because of course, as the, you listed, then you came back for the third season. And of mm. course, there were some, some, some reports here and there, you know, uh, there were thoughts given from your side that you don't want to come back. But you eventually came back, you know, and uh, mm. then of course, we, the performance was not the same. The squad was changed again, uh, foreigners was changed. So, uh, was there any thought uh, came in your mind that uh, do you want to leave after the second season or you mm -hmm. wanted to come back in the third season and, you know, uh, to, to, to give another try? Yeah, I was happy to come back in the third season. I think we got to the final of the Super Cup. We lost the Goa 2-1 uh, up in Bhubaneswar. And um, we'd had a good finish, sort of, in that respect, getting to the final of the Super Cup, even though we didn't win it. And we were still in the AFC. And we come back at the start of the season. And um, obviously, I'd, I'd had a long chat with, with Vita Dani, our owner. Uh, and, she, and she was brilliant. I mean, they were brilliant to work for. Uh, both her, Abhishek, um, MSD, and uh, and Vita were were brilliant in, in my uh, relationship with them. They basically did everything they could for me. They helped as much as they could. They never put me, never never put me under pressure. You know, they weren't on the phone every five minutes like a lot of the owners are. You know, uh, wanting to know everything that goes on in football club. They they were excellent. I couldn't have wished for better owners to be honest. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't want to let them down. You know, I, I really didn't want to let them down. And, and the season didn't start very well. We didn't play very well at all, and uh, we couldn't score a goal, as you know. And um, then suddenly, we just started to turn the corner. We we beat Hyderabad at home, and we drew with, uh, I think we drew with Adisha. Mm. I think it might have been Adisha. We drew yeah. with somebody at home, two two two. Um, and and things were improving. Uh, Valskis had just suddenly scored. Uh, I think he scored four goals in in two games. So, uh, he... but I wasn't happy. And I think the fact that I've been involved, I've, I've been in India for basically eleven months. Uh, for the previous eleven months, I don't think I've been home much during that time. And uh, I was getting a bit homesick as well. And and I just thought maybe it's time for me to step aside I, I really did I really felt for the club I felt for the owners I felt for the fans and and I really thought it's it ain't working so uh let's let's move on let somebody else come in somebody else just you know a, a fresh face might just be able to pick up the team somewhat you know I had some good players there but for some reason I wasn't getting the best out of them and and in all honesty hand on heart I felt it was the best thing for the club um, for somebody to come in. So I went and saw Vita. I sat with Vita and told her what I wanted to do. She didn't want me to go. And um, I just kind of said, look, I, I just think it's best for everybody, for the club. Um, I, I still had six, seven months contract. Um, but I didn't want a penny. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take one more penny. We, we shook hands and uh, I uh, agreed to go... I, said that I was going to go home and, and Vita supported me. She wanted me to sleep on it, which I did. And I still felt the same the following day. And uh, I, I decided uh, to leave. And as I said, I didn't, I didn't take, I could have just sat there. Even if I got fired, I, I'd have 
the club would have had to give me uh, seven months' money, but I didn't think it, you know, I'd, I'd been well looked after from day one. And I wanted to finish on a, on a happy note with it, with everybody. So um, I just decided it was uh, it was time to go home and uh, regret it somewhat. But I don't like goodbyes. I like I prefer hellos to goodbyes. So um, I, uh, I, I, think, I I I think coach and yeah, and you have to see also the decision kind of worked in favor of Chennai FC. You know, Owen came and he took them to the playoff. You know, and uh, each yeah. away from another trophy. But since then, uh, Chennai FCs have been uh, have a mixed story. They have tried multiple coaches mm. and have not got got the similar success. And of course, their fans are very demanding though. Uh, they have seen that early success compared to other ISL teams. So I think uh, hopefully they will be back to their best in the upcoming season. Uh, now I quickly go uh, towards the national team before we wrap this up, you know, coach. Uh, what do you think on Indian football team? Uh, of course, under Stephen, uh, I think one of your friend, India did well in the uh, to qualify for the AFC Asia Cup, you know. And we were the kind of uh, minutes away to qualify for the knockout round. But eventually, but we defeated Thailand. Then, of course, you know, there was a close match against Bahrain. Uh, what do you think of the overall national team in, in your, during your tenure and the current state of the same with under Igor Stimak? Well, I think, uh, listen, that every international coach will always whether it's in India, whether it's always arguing with the Premier League. Because obviously the Premier League want the players in the Premier League. Gareth Southgate wants the, the Premier League players in the England team. And he... He's got games coming up and obviously the Premier League don't want to release their players. And Igor has exactly the same problems here. Uh, every international coach will always have a problem to get their squad together uh, because there's always games coming up. I, I, I believe Mumbai this season are in the Champions League. Champions League, yeah. yeah. So their players are kind of not... A couple of them are staying with the national team, but a majority of them have left for the uh, their camp. Uh, they're also going out outside India to prepare. And then a couple mm -hmm. of players who are staying with the national team, they will leave after the first friendly uh, against Bahrain. Yeah, so it's not perfect, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not perfect for Igor, you know, to have players coming in and out. He don't he don't know. Where, and, and obviously, he, he must watch TV sometimes. And every time one of his players goes in for a tackle. Uh, he must panic because, you know, he obviously doesn't want injured players. Uh, and that's, that's always a problem as well for a national manager. You know, uh, back in my day, I always had the national manager calling me saying, oh, you know, are this, is this player fit? Is that player fit? So it's always a problem for them. And I think, you know, Igor, Igor is, um, is a good guy. He's a really good guy. He's a good, good coach. Um, I think he is, he has improved the national team in, in terms of his knowledge and in terms of, of their fitness levels, how important the fitness is to them. And I think he's done that side of the job very, very well. And, but it's matches that you get judged on, it's results. It's like any, any football coach, it's all about results. If you don't get the results, man, you're out of here. And uh, while you were coach with Chennai FC, how regularly you had a chat with Stephen uh, Constantine? Uh, when he was the head coach, um, not not that often with Stephen. I, I I got obviously in the middle of it that there was a change, and when Igor came in, and and obviously he came over to a couple of matches, and uh, we uh, we shared a glass of wine, and uh, obviously talked about the players, and um, he he would tell me how some of my players had done when they've been with the national team, 
what he thought that uh, they were good at, what they weren't so good at. Uh, so, I mean, he, he did that with everybody. He's, he's very thorough in that respect. He, he, will, uh, he will work very hard at the job. Um, and obviously, he just wants the national team to be successful, like we all do, because, I mean, we've seen, as I spoke to you about um, the likes of Tapper, I've seen him um, since he was uh, 20 years of age. Uh, no, 19. I think he was 19 when I first joined yeah. Chennai. So uh, I, I've seen him over the last four or five years uh, get better and better and, and force his way into the national team, which he's done brilliant. Um, but now he needs to kick on and players like him need to kick on and it will help not only their clubs, but obviously it will help the national team as well. The national team obviously want to... The dream, of course, is to get to the World Cup. Huh? Of course. And um, it will happen one day. Hopefully, coach. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, without being rude, I mean, there's talk of of, of expanding to 48 teams yeah. in the World Cup. That I mean, help. and that that obviously would would certainly help uh, Indian football to to qualify for that. And um, you know, there's been many teams in the past that have started in a similar situation as India. Uh, and, and over the years, you know, it, it's maybe taken 20 or 30 years, but eventually they'll get it. And obviously you've got to believe that one day India will get there if they just keep working at it, keep progressing. That's that's the dream of Indian football fans, I will say. And we have been dreaming for a while. It's not that we started dreaming now. Uh, coach, a couple of questions on the structure and how Indian football is moving on with Indian Super League, especially. Uh, they are change of foreigners. Now they are four foreigners. Then AFC have changed the rules. Now they are increasing the number of foreigners in the AFC competition. So Indian football again having a big question mark over that decision. Another decision yeah. is the expansion of Indian Super League. Do they get a more teams in? Do they uh, start the promotion and relegation also? So how do you feel at this tenure, uh, at this time of the uh, you know uh, uh, Indian Super League? How do you feel Indian Su Super League is um, you know overall helping Indian football and what things they need to change uh, to uh, make it better? And also, uh, one more question on the same, you know, uh, do you think now they should uh, get into the weekend kind of uh, structure when the games are on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, so the coaches get, club coaches get more time to train their players? Well, it's, it's uh, a lot of questions in there, by the way. <laughs> um, obviously, the television plays a big part in all of this. Um, Back in the UK, when Sky when Sky first started, you would obviously see maybe one or two games a week. You'd have you'd have a match on Saturday and a match on a Sunday. End of. Um, and everybody else was playing at the same time. Uh, then suddenly they realised if I if we have a game on the Saturday, we can put one on. We can put two on on Sunday, one at uh, two o'clock and one at five o'clock, and then we can have Monday night football. And we can stick, put another game on on Monday night. So suddenly, going from everybody playing at three o'clock on a Saturday, we suddenly went to playing four or five games live on TV over the weekend because the TV companies were paying the salaries. Simple as that. So, so I mean, that kind of thing here in India, I love, as a coach, I love the fact that I can sit down when I was coaching, I uh, my team say we play on a Thursday, and then there was a live game Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I loved it because it, it was great because I could watch all the other teams play. I could do my own sort of scouting, watching them play, knowing what their shape was and everything. So 
from my point of view, it was great. I think for the fans' point of view as well, I think it's great to have these matches over a period of time. But you obviously, there's no promotion relegation. So there's no danger if you finish in the relegation position of being relegated. So there's no pressure on, on any club in that, in that respect. Um, and I just think generally the competition is really good. It would be it would be great if there was another couple of teams involved. Yes, without any question, it would be great. But there's there's all the other financial issues, and you know, it's kind of nothing to do with us. If you know what I mean, I think I think the decisions that will be made will be made by the owners or prospective owners in the future. Um, I mean, it's like it's like it's sorry, it's like in the UK. If Manchester United say something, everybody listens. <laughs> if, if, if Burnley come up with an idea, nobody listens, you know? So, so and I think, it's very, I think it's very similar in India. Sean Dice have uh, a very weird <laughs> ideas, though. <laughs> I'm, fan yeah, of his press, I'm fan of his press conferences. I have been watching them for a, for a couple of years now. Uh, so, do you yes. think the promotion relegation should eventually come? So, there is a pressure in the lower half of the table also, which might yes. improve the quality of football? Yes, um, it might. But it also might uh, then encourage the owners to get rid of the coaches quicker. You know, which obviously happens in, in, in England a lot. You know, you suddenly get near the bottom and the fans with so, on social media start criticising the coach and they want to get rid of the coach. They want to change the coach and the owners get put under pressure. And uh, a, a, an old, a, a old president of mine many years ago, he said to me, John, he said, when the crowd start cheering, uh, sorry, start chanting to sack the head coach, he said, if you don't sack him, they'll be saying, sack the president next. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. And, and it was a very true. So he said, once they start chanting for the head coach, he said, I sack him. And he said, they get what they want. He said, because otherwise they want, they want to sack me next. So um, I've never forgotten that. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's what comes with promotion and relegation. You, you, uh, the, the head coaches, uh, go under uh, increasing more pressure, you know, on, on them to, to produce the results. Uh, but no, I think it's got to happen in, in years to come. Uh, I don't know how soon they'll do it. I think there's a 10-year agreement, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, 10-year agreement till 2024. So I think that's the time of period we are hoping that majority of these changes yeah. will, ha will happen in terms of the broadcasting money, relegation promotions, franchisee fees, you know. So uh, because eventually mm. the way the Indian Super League started, it started with a tournament. Now it's more into the league. It started with franchises. Yes. Now it's more into the football clubs, you know. Uh, so things yes. are changing, yes. I think. And of course, we are in this next couple of years is the transition phase. I think there were talks of getting the mm -hmm. games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. So, you know, there's enough time for coaches to train uh, the teams because uh, the coaches yes. have complained all about it. You know, they're they not able to improve their team because they're not getting much training time because you're playing every next couple of days so you're mm. playing games then recovery then maybe a couple of couple of sessions then game then recovery so uh, coaches have given that feedback so I think they are working on the same uh, so let's see I think and then that's decision not us I think that they have to take the, these decisions mm. and I think eventually I personally hope it's eventually comes to this uh, Thursday Friday Saturday Sundays 
because that will also help mm. us to build the football culture you know uh, people will more mm. likely to go to the stadiums instead of the tuesday game or wednesday game eventually the crowd was yes. getting uh, decreased in the indian super leagues you know compared to the initial seasons because it's not mm. easy to go every weekdays you know uh, because everybody have jobs students have their colleges and schools so i think hopefully uh, they get into the weekends and is also good for us also who are working in the league uh we are very tired because every day there is a game and uh, unlike see you you are a coach of one team we have to cover each and every game you know and so eventually it got yeah. tiring for us doing every season so hopefully they will they will get into the uh, the weekend well, well obviously as a pundit um working for star sports this season um one night i uh, one week i actually did five matches consecutive yeah. matches I, i i i worked thursday friday saturday sunday monday which was a lot of games for me um and, and like you, you you're reporting on every game i also had to do a lot of prep beforehand yes. with all, yes. all the players and free kicks corners who does what and positions on the field and changes and all that kind of stuff so uh, i i can certainly appreciate what you're saying to me and so. it's it's 6 years since we are doing this you know and uh, of course uh, that's that's became tiring because other leagues in india the other franchise league and other sports for example pro kabaddi league it's another with star star also uh, broadcast that that's very similar they have two games every day yeah of course <laughs> and and then three games on the weekend and we just covered it uh, uh, this season you know and uh, we did a studio show also and it was 65 days uh, me and my team of course team got rotated we were here every day in the office we are coming at 12 in the noon and leaving 12 in the night and we are eating here in the office we are doing everything in the office so of course that's became an hectic so i hope uh, it will help football also uh, because as you, as you, as you said you know coaches will get more training time with the team uh, they will yeah. this will improve the indian players you know and then of course there are the continental games also you know uh, afc cup afc champions league games are coming back home and away hopefully from this upcoming season uh, so i think that will eventually uh, help the indian clubs as you said you know uh, with the second season with chennai fc uh, you played afc mm-hmm. cup the isl then in the super cup So yes. it's not easy to manage your squad uh, with these number of game. No, it's true, very true. Yeah. So coach, a uh, couple of uh, last questions. Uh, what do you think about the youth development and uh, why Indian authorities, federations, ISL club need to make sure they invest enough money and enough time on the youth development? Uh I mean a couple of answers really. Um if you're one of the smaller clubs uh it's a huge financial outlay for you to um to run a youth development squad um there's so many things that you have to take in, into consideration i remember back in the day when when academy football first began in england i remember sat sat with sir alex ferguson and he was talking to me about this academy and obviously he he's slightly older than me but we're both sort of back in the black and white days of football you know when it was in black and white in England so we could we could refer to it when we were kids ourselves you know when we used to play in youth football and he said John he said like you know these days he said you have to register register them at the club and you have to look look after mum and dad and all this stuff and then he said you have to you have to put them all in kits you have to give them tracksuits uh jackets bags shoes boots uh training clothes footballs he said and the expense of it all of trying to run an academy he said it it like doubles your salary 
it doubles so it it doubles the, your ex, your um, out outgoings in the season and he said and that's before you've even found one good kid you've had to spend so much money just to get them into your football club and this is he's talking about Manchester United one of the richest clubs in in the bloody world you know um but i remember that in the early days and and that is still very relevant to to today it, it it's a huge expense that you have to pay and and to get a, a quality player that comes through that system into your into your first team and who's going to play for you in the Hero Indian Super League, it's a long, long process and it's a very hard one. And obviously you've got, you got to employ coaches as well to coach at that level. Um, so it, it's, it's quite easy for me and you to sit here and say, this is what they should do, this is what they should do. Um, to actually put it all into place is exceptionally difficult. Us in Chennai, in, we, we had a, a very good uh, development program put together, which Amoy Goshal was, was, was very influential with. And um, a lot of those players come through, never going to be good enough in, in, in the first team, never going to make it because they get to sort of 17, 18, 19, not progressing anymore. And you have to decide whether or not to give them another two-year contract or just to let them go. And sometimes it's, it's easier just to let them go uh, because of the financial costs to clubs and and I think the the financial side of things have changed a lot over the last few seasons. Um, clubs are not willing to spend as much money as they did in the early days of the Hero Indian Super League. I think that's that's changed a lot with the owners because each season they can see they're just losing money year after year after year. Some people can afford to lose it, others can't. And the ones and the ones that can't afford to lose it or are not prepared to lose it are not prepared to make huge investments into academy football it, it's it's tough but if there's footballers out there as you well know Ashish if they want to be a player they'll be a player somehow yeah they, the, they, they, there are a few out there that no matter what Wayne Rooney no matter what was put in his path he was going to be a, a, a superstar no matter what was put in his path and he yeah. he grew up he grew up in a, in a very poor background So, um, like uh, Sunil Chetri or JJ, for example, they have eventually come up with these systems, which, of course, JJ had some kind of youth development system with the AFA, but when Sunil came, yes. um, there was not any kind of a grassroots system in place. So, I agree no. to uh, to somehow what you're trying to say. Uh, and, of course, sir, at Tusar Alex, uh, he just not caught the one player. He got a class of 92 in the end. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which, which got him the trouble, you know. And uh, so, I think mm. eventually his investment... Which he'd done in those early years eventually mm. worked out for not not just for him for the yeah. club also. Yeah, absolutely right. And you have touched upon Wayne Rooney a couple of times, and just to tell you that he is the 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 favorite player of mine, uh, Vaza, as he as he known as you know, and uh, Derby mm-hmm. as your Wayne Sorry. Wayne Wayne Rooney Wayne Rooney. He is okay. my the the favorite. You know, I will put him uh, over any 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 footballer, even Messi's and Ronaldo's, because of the his dedication. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the effort he wants to put for his team, uh, considering the mention United was my favorite team in England. In England, and mm-hmm. I, I really like players like Wayne, you know, uh, who always ready to sacrifice for their team, you know. And uh, we always have seen him coming back, tackling the ball, you know, sacrificing himself for Ronaldo, for example, mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. um, uh, 2007, 2008 season, and then eventually, you know, uh, of course, went on to be the record. Uh, uh record scorer for the uh, manchester united and england um now he is the manager just like you 
uh, with your former <laughs> club uh, Derby. So I want to because I'm following them just because of uh, because of the vein and the situation with the club. How closely uh, you have seen that and Wayne as the uh, as the manager, and do you think that uh, the situation the Derby could have avoided by AFL, uh, how they have managed uh, the ownership and the kind of structure in the Championship and the League One and League Two? Yeah, it's been, I mean, listen, it's been incredibly tough. I read I read most of the stories about the club and obviously the financial situation that they've put themselves in, um, and he's managed to keep his head and shoulders above everything you know and 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 uh, he's kept everything real um he's not run away from it he's faced he's it head on he's, he's a fighter, fighter. He yeah, not, exactly. he's not run away. no and he's he's kind of in his career i mean it's very hard i think for for us in particular to sort of understand what he had to deal with as a player um you know it it obviously go to grounds and the opposition fans would try to intimidate him. Um, he was always followed by the media. Um, they always wanted a story on him. They didn't care what the story was about, but they always wanted him. You know, he's always followed by the paparazzi everywhere he goes. And he's always seemed to rise above it. You know, he's always seemed to be able to speak, um, speak clearly about it talk about certain situations and it never seemed to alter him. He didn't get angry about stuff. He just always spoke well. Uh, if he'd had a bad game, he would come out and just talk to the media, even though he might have missed a, a penalty or a golden opportunity or something like that. Um, and it just, um, he's always held himself well, I think, as, as a person. Uh, and that's, he's never got involved in any of the rubbish any mudslinging, you know, whatever newspapers were saying about him, he just tended to shut his mouth and he did all his talking on the field. And uh, as I said earlier in, in, a, in the conversation, you know, he, he came in as a young kid and he just got better and better and better and better every season. Uh, he, he, he really sort of um, pushed himself and um, he, he's ended up as a, as a player, he's got an amazing... Um, amazing CV as a footballer in what he's done and what he's achieved in his career it must be beyond his wildest dreams. And now as a manager, he's doing the same. He, again, he's shutting up. He puts a zip on sometimes. He zips his mouth up. There was lots of things that he might like to say in public, but he doesn't. He just gets on with the job. And um, he's probably having the, the best lesson that he ever could have in football management at the moment, how to deal with all that rubbish that's going on there. Um, that's going to hold him in good stead for the future, I'm sure. And he is doing every every bit of it we have we have read about. He's paying money uh, to make sure the team travels on time and everything. So I think he's the legend of the game, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and now getting this lesson early in his career, I think he has he has big big uh, you know I think uh, thing ahead of him as a manager. Uh, yeah. so, so on the manager thing, uh, what your plans of returning to be the manager uh, coach? Are you planning to be or enjoying your life as a punditry on TV, or <laughs> what's your future plan from now onwards? Well, uh, I mean, obviously, there's, a, there's an old saying, never say never. Um, I would never say never. Uh, that's it. End of. Um, you know, I, I enjoy the punditry. Uh, it, it's been good fun. The, the guys here have looked after me. It's been fun working with Eric uh, Partaloo in particular and, and Anant uh, on our show, uh, our little group that we've got. And uh, that's been really fun working with Paul Macefield and, and Prad. Um, I've really enjoyed this this punditry 
side of it, but it, obviously it will never replace um, the excitement of, of coaching full-time. Um, I, I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere uh, in particular. Um, I've had lots of offers in, in the last year, actually, but nothing that really sort of jumps out at me and grabs me, which uh, which I can do now, you know. I'm, I, I actually get a state pension now back in the UK. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a large amount of money but the government actually pay uh pay me a, a pension now so um uh and, and everything else is, is fine off off the field i've kind of looked after stuff and um i'm very close obviously with family and things like that so uh and i miss my dogs more than anything um i've got two dogs at home which uh, i've not seen for the last three months so i'll be looking forward to getting home to them uh, after the weekend um, but other than that, no, listen, Ashish, whatever happens, happens. If there's ever uh, an opportunity for me, I can I can think about it long and hard. I don't need to just rush into something. So um, um, if something comes, we shall see. Yeah, and any, any message to the Chennai FC and Indian football fans before we wrap this room? Ah, uh, well, obviously, Chennai is, is there in my heart forever. That will never change, man, never change. And um, I met a huge amount of... Um, really really good people connected with the club and uh i've got nothing but love for the club and, and everybody there and um obviously i just want to see them win the hero indian super league next season and the shield and the cup and qualify for the champions league and win the champions league as well and maybe win the world cup one day <laughs> that would be there so no i i've got nothing but 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 um happy and fond memories and uh, i say those memories will stay with me forever and ever. So uh, let's hope Chennai make a good appointment in the summer and um, challenge that top four next season. Uh, sir, it was an absolute pleasure to have John Gregory with us today. Thank you, coach, for your all your time, your input, and you know, uh, and sorry for the delay initially. You know, we started five or ten minutes late because of some internet okay. lag at our place. Uh, to our viewers and listeners, you can listen to all the episode of Beyond the Score podcast. At your leisure on the Spotify, iTunes, GeoSavan, Ghana, and all other major platforms. You can also catch them in the video form on Kelnow TV uh, YouTube channel. Until next time, this is your host Asif Negi signing off. Thank you for watching.